Did you ever make anything happen? Anything you couldn't explain? You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Welcome back to the show, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Tyler. How's it going? Tyler Wilson. Uh, that was our third, that's right, third take to get that <laughs> clip going. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's really tough. And then you gave me the giggles there for a little bit. That was hard. We, You know what? We, It's, it's been a, a minute since we recorded last time. So, you know, we're just... Uh, getting back in the groove. Getting back in the groove a little bit. It's okay. Your face is hard to look at and not laugh at when you're making this like, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You gave me the giggles. I appreciate that. Great. So it is the season of the holidays. Yes. Um, we had planned to watch Harry Potter during Thanksgiving as part of Thanksgiving special. And we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes. But before we do that, let's kick it off with uh, what have you been watching recently, Tyler well, Wilson? Good news is that you and I have seen in a movie theater, not one, but two movies together. I know. You know what the best part of that was? Yeah. Uh, one, your mom babysat for us for one of those. Yep. So that was free. Yep. And then the second time, our babysitter, mm -hmm. she babysat for free for us. Yes. She gifted us a happy birthday, happy holidays, babysit 50 times, get one free sort of situation. Despite you literally like trying to throw money at her. I know. I was like, is there a line where like if I try to put the money in, in a clothing item of hers that that's inappropriate? Yeah. I think you, you probably went as far as you probably could have gone and she yes. was pretty good at evading your pay. So it was, she was, it was pretty impressive. I yeah. was like, I can just tuck this in her backpack. So nope. yeah, holiday season. Hey, I appreciate having a little extra cash in the pocket and we saw the movies together. So yeah, we first saw a couple weeks ago feels like a couple weeks ago but it wasn't no it wasn't that long ago i guess it just feels that way we've we, well we watched harry Potter. we actually watched harry potter a few weeks a couple it's been a little bit so yeah. it makes sense no we went and saw widows this That's is right. uh from director steve mcqueen this is uh he made 12 years of slave a few years back which was an oscar winner and this is a heist movie um more contemporary film obviously an amazing cast led by viola davis i was really excited about this movie i pretty much was like insistent because it's like a birthday movie for you kind of and you were like well we always go we always like to go to those harry potter movies when they uh, come out which is the fantastic beast but but we got so burned on the last one not burned but we went we paid money saw yeah. it in the theater and i did not like it neither did i we were both found it kind of dull especially compared to the other ones and then the reviews on this new one came out and it was worse than the last one so we're like yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll rent that thing yeah i didn't didn't need to see it widows on the other hand the setup of the movie sounds pretty exciting it's a uh, group of women whose husbands are are thieves yeah and criminals they are a part of a heist gone wrong mm -hmm. led by taken liam neeson liam neeson yeah liam neeson so they all got killed they did and then their poor wives are left you know with no money and kind of in a situation in a bind and they have to now carry on this heist yeah that viola davis 
has of Liam Neeson's from his little book or something like that. Yeah, they've they've been kind of stuck with, um, you know, when the, the crime has gone wrong. And so not only have their husbands died, they have been left with a couple of criminals who are after them. And so they have little to no choice but to kind of find a way to get money fast. And so they come up with this plan out of his her husband's found book. And uh, it's really, in, it's just a really intricate movie. Lots of things going on. Lots of characters. It was when you, I feel like I saw the previews and that made it like, oh yeah, I'll go see that. And then when I was watching it, I was sort of expecting a heist right. level of like action sure, and thrilling, thrillerness, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie was not that, but it was very good despite that. Yeah, I, I know. I it, it makes me, I, I remember when they were putting it out and I knew the director and I knew it was kind of being positioned as a movie that was, you know, one of these best of the year type things. But then you see the trailer and you see how they're trying to market it going wide and it's definitely leaning into the action elements and there are a few and there is a heist um, a centerpiece heist but it's definitely more of a drama it it really is rather sprawling you've got Colin Farrell playing a politician who's uh, doing a whole he's got his own little subplot going on it's all taking place in Chicago you've got Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta who's really good in a role kind of as his opposition you got Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out being kind of this really scary uh, kind of fix it hatchet man type mm-hmm. thing and then you got all these women uh, some of there's characters that show up that you're not even sure exactly how they're going to fit into the thing yet, and then they kind of slowly come together. And it's just, I loved it. I mean, it it is so impeccably made. Uh, Steve McQueen is a just his visual choices are right off the bat just striking. Every kind of choice that he you see him do is is different. You know, it's he's approaching it in a different way. Um, yeah, it's a lot of noticeable perspective. How he. Uh, centers the screen and what he, you're focusing on and what you get to see and what you don't get to see. Um, like there, there's one scene where they're in, they're driving a car from the bad part of town of Chicago to where this uh, politician Colin Farrell lives, and you're watching the drive from there to there, and it only takes not, what 90 seconds, right? And then you don't actually get to see the people in the car; you're just sort of outside of the car. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can it's hear very... you can hear Colin Farrell yes. talking. You can hear the conversation, right? But you don't see them. You see the outside of the car, and you see kind of where the neighborhood shifts. But you're like riding in the car, but you're not in the car. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's a shot of like back far watching the car drive. You're like right on the window of the car, but you're not in it. Right is weird. And that it's a it that's probably one of the more showier showier moments. But it it, it it's really good, and, and it kind of just. Has a you know it just shows that the movie has a lot on its mind about kind of the neighborhood and and the dynamics of kind of politicking in Chicago and living in Chicago and uh, every every way that the Daniel Kaluuya character is kind of framed in and out of the movie is is intense and he he you know he kind of hovers on the screen and kind of just leers over the frame almost and to the point where you know he's not a guy that I would necessarily say actor you know an actor would be like oh that guy's scary not at all like I you know especially since you, you coming off of seeing him in get out where he's you, he's the guy that you're sympathizing with and following and to go from that to this is um one is a, just a great display of his range but just the way he's filmed makes him an adverse like a like a just someone that you you fear mm-hmm. in the movie and and then i yeah i can never say enough good about viola davis i every time you see her on screen you love her she's just so good i mean <laughs> you love her so much she's just so good i i don't even like see i wasn't like a what's the show how to get away with murder i tried it's not my kind of show but I watched enough of that because I love her so much. It's, but she's so good in everything. I agree that she's good. And I don't know. I I haven't seen the last couple seasons of How to Get Away with Murder. Right. But 
she definitely like has a thing that she does and she's really good at that thing and it's like this very intense emotional sort of scary but also very sad thing and she does it almost in every role so it's good but it's just like her thing i don't know well I would argue that she could probably do lots of things. Probably. Uh, but there's no one that can do her thing exactly the way she does it. The best part of this movie? Not mm-hmm. the best part, but what I was most impressed was at the end, she uh, is wearing like a tank top. Holy shit. She is like ripped and super fit. Oh, yeah. She's, um, oh, yeah. She's absolutely She's not like movie. an old lady. No. I, it, well, and it's so funny because the whole movie, she's carrying around this little dog. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you get this kind of aspect of her. But see, that's what I like about her. You say, the way you're, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit on your characterization because this role in itself has so many sides to it. And she shows so much range and versatility, versatility within the performance that I kind of don't really like the distinction of calling her like oh, she does a certain thing because if that certain thing is really complicated women that are dynamic and lived in and real then sure yeah she does a thing yeah that's the thing she does well that no one's doing that <laughs> like she's she's on a, a whole different she's in level. a she's in a tier of actors you know who's not also, including meryl streep well i think she's i like her i mean personally better than meryl streep obviously I, I know you would really don't like meryl streep so <laughs> no, i like to not like meryl streep i, sh- I right. like her just fine but you know i like who to else not is, like her is good in this movie is michelle rodriguez uh, Michelle Rodriguez doing Michelle Rodriguez, but in an, I would argue that Steve McQueen is using her in the a, in the right way, in, a, in the right yeah. way, but also in a way that you have we haven't seen her from like the Fast and the Furious movies in a while. There is more than just being tough with her, and they show that in this movie. Yeah, and I I like that, and everybody's good in this. It's one of my favorites of the year. It will be in a top ten list that we'll probably talk about on this show. Yeah, at some so point. if you have a chance to watch it, do. Yeah. So the other one we saw together. Mm-hmm. And I, well, we, I suppose we could talk about the first one because two days before I said we were going to go to this movie because I really wanted to see it, you hadn't seen Creed, the uh, Rocky franchise reboot. Um, it's unfortunate that the name Creed is also the name of a very shitty band. <laughs> so it's hard to be like, what? What is this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I had thought... Because I had the like the DVD, and I thought when I had, you know we, we had watched it at some point, but then it became apparent when I was talking about Creed two that you're like I don't know what that movie is. Is that that band? Yeah. So isn't we it had that to, terrible band. We had to watch Creed one, and uh, that's Ryan Coogler, and it's you know uh, Michael B. Jordan as uh, Adonis Creed. He is the son of Apollo Creed. He was an adversary yes, friend of him. Rocky Balboa. Michael B. Jordan. This mm-hmm. is his role. He owns it. This is mm-hmm. you know in 2015. This was his. He he had made Fruitvale Station. He was been around, but this was like a this was it. I mean, this is how you knew Michael B. Jordan was here to stay and around. Creed is a really good movie. The first one, mm-hmm. um, Stallone is really good in it as well. Um, you kind of forget how he's a good actor when he's given the right thing. I I love looking at his messed up face. Yeah, well, and he's he's leaning into it in these movies, right? He's old. He's he's run down. Like what is up? He's got cancer in the first movie. So and and, and I even like. You know, when you hear that, you think, oh, this is a movie where Rocket gets cancer. Like, oh, I've, I've seen this movie. I don't want to watch the movie. It's handled really well. Yeah. Delicately, I, I would say. It doesn't, uh, yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we saw that. You liked it. It gave you enough uh, reason to check out Creed 2 with me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a solid sequel. Yeah. Not as good as the first one, I don't think, but 
Ryan Coogler left the director's chair, so I Stallone was a co-writer on this one. Um. <laughs> I think that this movie for me would have, uh, Creed 2 would have been a, a better enjoyed at home, like the first one. Oh, really? Because um, I feel like in a, in a movie like this, like mm-hmm. a boxing movie, I want to make a lot of commentary throughout the movie. Oh, sure. I want to talk. I want to be like, yeah, woo, mm-hmm, you work out, woo, you lift those weights. Yeah. Oh. I want to, like, talk throughout the movie. And in a movie theater, I have to shut up and be quiet. And I don't really like that. This one has a really good, um, yeah. Oh, I, I could, I can envision your comments. There's a, there's like a training <laughs> montage, like in the desert. Yes. It's like a Mad Max training montage. Yes. So all these, like, doing weird stuff with things. And, oh, man, I wanted to make comments. And yes. I knew in your head, you're just like, oh, you get that tire. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I knew you're. Hit him in the dummy. Yeah. So um, lot, I totally and, get it. And even like during the fights, you just want to be like, oh, is he going to win? Oh my God. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can't do that in theater. No. And, um, yeah, this one definitely kind of leans more into like, I don't, you probably don't remember or do you, had you even seen a lot of the other previous Rocky movies? I've seen them all. Okay. But it's been a while. Yeah. And this movie, like, unlike Creed, I think Creed kind of can be on its own thing. You get a little bit of obviously knowing who Rocky is. This one relies on kind of knowledge from like Rocky Four, and because Ivan Drago comes back, Dolph Lundgren, I actually really liked him in this movie coming back. He was good. The guy who played his son is clearly like a beast of a man, monster fighter. He was very convincing. Oh yeah, um, I liked all that. It was kind of done minimally. I, uh, in addition to Michael B. Jordan, I'm a big Tessa Thompson fan. He, played, oh yeah, yeah. So anytime that I'm getting those two actors together. They get a lot of good stuff. I feel like she, I you know, she has a good role in the first movie, but she gets kind of more to do in this one. Um, there's a couple things that kind of were a little weird, but and just a little bit too sequely and a little bit like we've done it. But I was going to mention this to you because I just read today that um, Stallone has said now that that's this is Creed Two is probably his swan song from the character. It kind of seemed like he he literally said like it's your turn, yeah, or something like that, and like fist bumped him. <laughs> yeah, he sits back, he even like comes out of frame at some point, yeah. and just like oh yeah, and it, it actually works really well. Um, but can this movie be as good without the whole Rocky in his corner um, theme sort of? I think that if we're gonna make a Creed Three, are they gonna it, kill him? I no, I don't think they would kill him. I think that um, it's such a hit that. Creed 3 seems inevitable. To me, it's interesting to see him then make a movie. I think, for one, I think Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson are more than enough to carry the franchise easily. They are dynamic and exciting in a way that, um, you know, few people are. So I think that would work. And I, I, it doesn't necessarily have to die, but I think it would be a. He did, they did a little bit of that in the story of kind of working around and away from Rocky, but I think that obviously didn't pan out for him. So mm-hmm. it would be kind of a good movie to see him try to, try to, find his own way in a, in a different way from him and, and kind of become the person he is. So I could see a third Creed movie working without him. Um, this certainly does give enough of a little swan song. Okay, so I'm looking at Michael B. Jordan's... Filmography? Yes. Uh, we've watched all of Friday Night Lights. Who was he on that show? He is the uh, quarterback that comes in. Hot, uh, hot Shot? Yeah, he's good in that, yep. Okay, he was also in 16 episodes of Parenthood, which I love that show. I, I, I and don't I think seen, I saw him in that. I didn't see that. I, I think I, I missed that, that season. I know that you like that show. And it's a good show. I just haven't oh, watched it. Oh, he comes from All My Children. Does he? Cool. Good for him. 59 episodes. So Fruitvale Station was his big breakout. Um, the Wire? Yeah, I don't recall. I haven't seen all The Wire. I've seen some of The Wire. Sopranos in 1999. Yeah. Yeah. 
He made the Fantastic well, Four reboot, but that was... I saw that. Well, I didn't want to mention that, because, ugh. Well, you know, they were trying something different. They brought a good cast together there. It just didn't work out. Um, yeah, Black Panther, obviously, he's... Uh, I think he... If we're talking... The way we're talking about Black Panther is like an Oscar potential Best Picture nomination kind of movie. I think Michael B. Jordan should slot in there for, like, supporting actor, personally, because I think he's that good in the movie. But uh, whatever, he probably won't. But I like Michael B. Jordan. I can't wait for... I'd, I'd watch a Creed 3 in a second. Yeah, I would too. Good. Because he can take his shirt off and work out some more. God, yeah, I do love those training montages. Mm-hmm. Everybody in these movies have got like, so much work involved in these. Uh... You know what I like to do, though, um, as a female? It's so fun to objectify these men in these movies. Sure. You no, got I... to take, take your chance. It's when you get them. I have a... Mini... It did make me also want to maybe go jogging or do some push-ups. I was like, fuck, I'm out of shape. I have a mini crush on Tessa Thompson. I just find her alluring. Alluring. She's an alluring actress. He's staring at me. You can talk about Michael B. Jordan. I didn't say I have a crush on him. You totally crossed the line there. Well, a crush. We're, we're married, Tyler. You like don't a, get to have crushes. A film crush. Like a crushing on film. Uh, like, oh, yeah. She's... Oh, I almost said something really inappropriate. You crushed my testicles? Nope. <laughs> I was going to retaliate and say something very inappropriate. Are you crushing on my... Uh, nope. <laughs> Jeez. I'll never tell. You'll never know. That's rude. <laughs> Um, what else have you been watching recently, or we, is maybe, that good? Maybe that'll teach you a lesson, not to keep talking about Michael shirtless Michael B. Jordan. I can make oh. you feel uncomfortable. Oh, you jealous? Of Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. That guy's ripped. Of course I'm jealous. He <laughs> is... He's an amazing actor, and he's ripped. Of course I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm admitting that. He's a good actor, and he's ripped. But doesn't watching, watching those training montages make you feel like, I just have to work out real hard for like a couple months, and I could be ripped, too. <laughs> I know. The problem is is that those montages, you, you have to remember the part where it is like all day getting up at 4 a.m. for two months, not I just like do that to three, look minutes, like that. three minutes of a training montage. Anything looks possible in three minutes of a training montage. I could do it. Ooh, there's a... I don't. I don't want. There's a. You know how they do the Rocky steps in all these movies. I really like what they do in this movie with the Rocky steps. Different. There's a, different a couple take. actually it different scenes. Really early. The one that happens really early. I really like that one. Yes. Good play on it. You're kind of. And the, well, the other the third movie or the se- the first movie ends on a really great one too. But this one happens early in the movie, and I like it. Okay. Well, so go see Creed Two or save it for at home, so you can make all the blessed commentary you would like to make. It's making plenty of money. Um. So, That's probably good. We're about twenty minutes in. Really? What else have you seen? Oh, I got so much. I'm not. I won't take a while of them. I've got. I'll save some. So I watched on Netflix. The, no. What? The Princess and Me. No. Oh no no no. <laughs> We're saving those for the December episodes, baby. <laughs> Tyler loves shitty Christmas. I got movies. an assignment. I have to watch those. Okay. I got an assignment that you gave yourself. I'm getting paid for it. What's the difference? Not very much. Well, I'm getting paid more for that actually. So. Oh, you are. That. Oh yeah. So Ooh, in- embrace it. Stay tuned for a fun article from Tyler <laughs> about terrible Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what have you? What did you see on Netflix? Sorry. Well, so I was really excited about the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That's the Coen Brothers movie that came out on Netflix. I know you were. Why are the titles of these movies so difficult to say? Remember the Ballad <laughs> of Buster? What? The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That's which, not a real movie. It's a bait and switch kind of too, uh, because it's an anthology movie, and that's only the first story of like six stories in the movie. It's a Western anthology from the Coen Brothers. Uh, of which that first that first installment, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, is very, it's it's the lightest in tone of all of those uh, stories. Uh, so Owen Gleiberman writes for the Variety now. Yeah, he used to be at Entertainment Weekly. I know. 
Yeah, that was long. That's been several years, dear. Oh, really? Yeah. He says the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a pop fantasia that's interested in the meaning of what a brutal place the Old West really was. Yeah. A fantasia. Yeah. You don't throw words like Fantasia into your movie critic reviews, do you? Yeah, well, he makes more money than I do. <laughs> uh, you put Fantasia in there, then. <laughs> I should. I should write about that. I uh, Is this one of your favorite Western movies now? I don't know about that. I need to watch it again. It's one of those movies where it, it would definitely benefit from a second viewing because every part, the tone changes and the story changes every 20 minutes or so, so you have to kind of... Get your bearings again on what the what it's about, and then you, you inevitably start like thinking in terms of like, oh, I like this story better than this story. I like this third one more than I like the second one, and I I think that the Coens have something more on their mind than just like you picking out the movie, the best story that you like. To me, anyway, there it did feel of there was a good flow of where it started and where it ended. Like they're in or, they're in this particular order for a reason. It's getting at something, mm. and the the sixth story tries to kind of tie it together. Aren't they above doing a Netflix movie? I know. That's the weird thing. So the weirdest part about it for me is what I was so excited to watch it. I was like, I turned on the first part, like the first part of the day when we had kids, I had it on headphones and, and here I am on my little phone watching this Western by the Coen brothers. And it just feels wrong. Cause it is wrong. Yeah. You just want to watch this on a huge screen. If this was in theaters, I would have loved to go. It was in a few theaters, but nowhere near us. And, uh, it would be amazing. And there's a, especially there's a couple middle sequences that really like open up the sprawl of the old West and it's, it's gorgeous. Um, I really liked it. It's, it's dark. It's, it's maybe one of their darkest movies really, uh, in terms of just like the themes and kind of what happens to the characters and, and all of that. I, sometimes the Coens get, people think, I think a lot of, it seems like a lot of times people think of the Coens in their more lighter efforts or even like Fargo, which is a pretty heavy movie, but has humor in it. Mm -hmm. This movie has humor in it, but it, it's going to darker places. This is more, this is closer to No Country for Old Men than it is to, to Fargo, I would mm -hmm. say, in terms of tone. Um, I, it's great. Uh, I, I really liked it. I responded well to it. There's, I, I had, um, initially when watching it, there's a, there's one of the stories that I just wasn't connecting with. Uh, called Meal Ticket with Liam Neeson, and then I've I've since kind of read about some other people's thoughts on it, and it makes me want to just go back and watch it because it it when they are talking about it, it makes me recontextualize how it fits in the rest of it. Oh. And I really liked what they were saying about it. So uh, yeah, it's one of those movies where it's easy to like digest it in parts, but it really is a a, a, a singular piece of work. I really um I really liked it. It's a Coen Brothers movie, of course I like it. I mean. Who did True Grit? That's them. It's Co Coen Brothers. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. it kind of like that? No, <laughs> it's a in that it's a western. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, there's there are elements, of course, because it's a western. But no, no, it's its own thing, and it's you know, I have a feeling that whatever the last movie was was what Hail Caesar, which is another movie I I saw, I liked, and then I saw it again, and I was like, ooh, I really like that more. This is another one of those, I think, and that happens with their movies every time. I I feel like. There's not a there's not a lot of other movies I don't like. How about that? Hmm. So yeah, you should watch, if I rewatch it, I we should, we should watch it together. You should you would enjoy it. I think. Okay. You would probably like a lot of it. That's easy. That's on Netflix. Easy to watch. And then uh, real quick, I'll just mention Ralph breaks the internet. We t I took two of our children to see Ralph breaks the internet, which is the Wreck It Ralph sequel from Disney. Our kids were very excited about it. Oddly, I don't even know. Like we barely watched the Wreck It Ralph maybe this year. The first one, we've just picked up the DVD for a couple bucks, and they really liked it. So they were excited about Breaks the Internet. They really enjoyed it. Um, I liked it. I liked the first one. I liked this one. It's pretty good. 
uh, it is a weird movie. You feel weird about it afterwards a little bit because it's like a big movie where part of the movie is Disney like entertaining you with like because part of the, the characters go into the internet and so they go visit Disney online. And so we're interacting with Disney princesses and we're doing little tweaks on the 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 idea of Disney princesses and it's very funny. But then at the back of your head, you're thinking like, well, this is all just like a little uh, circle jerk of uh, products we love by Disney, isn't it? Let's just mm-hmm. keep on buying those Disney products. What's wrong with Disney? Nothing. I'm just saying like when you think about it, you're just like, uh, oh, yeah, they're really doing a number on me. But the difference is, I think, is that they actually do care about, you know, they could they could sell you, you know, they with anything they want, right? But at least they care about the movie. They're giving you entertainment. They're giving you good humor. They're making fun of themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think Wreck-It Ralph, or Ralph Breaks the Internet. I don't like the name. I think it should have just been Rex the Internet. I know that there's a thing, but no, don't like that. Um, there's a good message to it. It's about uh, clingy friendships. And uh, it was just the story our seven-year-old needed to hear, given some playground issues. So I thought that was rather convenient timing for that. Uh mm. Poor girl. Having friends is hard. It's hard as adults. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think the movie gave it... It was a nice message for her. I, every time I kept, like, something happened on screen, I was kind of like, can I, like, bump her and, like, go in her head a little bit more if I just, like, nudge her? No. And then I talked about it afterward. She's like, did you like the movie? Did you like the part where this happened? She's like, I like the Disney princesses. I'm like, all right, well... Maybe one day we'll talk about the broader issues. Yeah, I think that's more like you watch it at home, you you have a little pause, you have a little conversation. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Good job, good. Dad. Way to take your kids to the movie. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I only brought two of them. There, we sat next to another family that had like a little kid running around that's like our youngest age, and I was like, that's exactly why. Nothing. Look, nothing against them. They're taking their kids to a kid movie. I don't have a problem with that. But I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to let it ruin my experience no. bringing my annoying ass kid. I told look, this is I'm the guy who is like, I took our son to see The Incredibles too. I had already seen it, and I was like, listen, go potty because we're not. We're just going to sit here. <laughs> You're fine. You're not going to get up. We're going to need to get up, right? We're just going to sit through this whole thing, right? Wreck It Ralph, same thing. It's like we're we're getting through this whole thing. Baby. I'm so impressed that they didn't go to the bathroom once. I took Marion and her little friend. Two Incredibles 2, and they went to the bathroom like five fucking times. Did you give them soda? Don't give them soda. You give them a sink in a water. Give them a little bit of water. Don't give them soda. Of course they're going to have to pee. Oh, that's what I did wrong. You did. Whoops. Very bad strategy. It's not good for you anyway. I know, but it's like, ooh, a special treat. Coming don't from go to the movie. The guy who just went to like two movies the other night, <laughs> double featured and got the giant soda and had to go pee like four times in the movies. Well, yeah, if you're going to be there for six hours, you need at least 90 ounces of I'm not even going to talk about those movies tonight. I'm going to save those. Great. (laughs) We're only going to spend a few minutes on our feature film of the day. You always say that. (laughs) Why do you say that? You're always setting us up for... uh, uh, How come we never want to talk about the movies on our podcast? Okay, here's the deal. Okay. We are going to talk about Harry Potter... And the Sorcerer's Stone, whatever it's called. <laughs> this was your idea for a movie. Okay. Okay, so initially, do you want to talk initially, about what we were thinking about doing? My brilliant ass idea. Right. Here's the thing about me. I have these really great ideas, yeah. and then I have really shitty follow-through. Okay. <laughs> Story of my life. Okay. Story of a lot of people's lives. I think a lot of people have really good ideas, and they're like, meh. You followed through on marrying a good dude. That was never an idea. Yeah, I guess that was an idea. Boom. Yeah. Okay, so Thanksgiving was coming. This mm-hmm. was a couple weeks ago. And we thought, ah, oh, we should do a Thanksgiving special more than the Beethoven 
Uh, the three seconds that are in Beethoven. Yeah, from the last episode. If mm-hmm. you if you didn't tune into that one, when we're done with this, feel free to jump in on that one. Is that one I talked about Chris Pine? Yeah, and Tyler called him Chris Dong. Okay, great. Okay, that was great. Um, <laughs> So I thought, hey, for Thanksgiving, let's do something special. Let's not find a movie that has Thanksgiving in it, because those are really hard to find. True. Um, But let's pick a movie that we're thankful for. So you pick a year, I pick a year. I assign you a year. Right. I assigned you 1991. You right. assigned me 2001. Mm-hmm. And the challenge was pick a movie that you are very think that you're more the movie you are most thankful for from that year. Right. Um. So then we're going to talk about each of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um. You picked from 1991. I had a hard time. I was down to three, but we never got that far. What do you want to say? Which three were you down to? I was down to uh, because it's hard because it's like if I had to pick like the best movie of that year and one of my favorite movies, it's Silence of the Lambs. It's a great movie. But am I like? Think, is that like a thankful movie? Am no, I yeah. thankful for Silence no. of the Lambs? It's a great, amazing movie, but I'm not. It doesn't fit the theme. What I settled on was between like Beauty and the Beast and What About Bob, and it was like, well, okay, I, the, I, there's fondness there. Like going in the spirit of our what the show is supposed to be about. I thought those were the two, mm-hmm. but then see, some time went by. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving was only like a week ago. Yeah, less than that. What day is it? I don't even know. It's. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Okay, so it's been almost a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, what about Bob, especially, doesn't, we're already past this Thanksgiving thing. It yeah. doesn't feel like a wintry Thanksgiving movie anyway. I mentioned that to, uh, my, my work wife, mm-hmm. um, Lisa, and, uh, said that you were going to pick that, and she was so excited they just watched that, like, two nights ago. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. So, you could totally do it. We could. But and then I thought Beauty and the Beast was kind of more fit. But then we were like, but then we're doing Harry Potter, and it felt like kind of similar. And we've been talking about Beauty and the Beast on previous episodes yes, a little Beauty bit. Beauty and the Beast is so similar to Harry Potter. No, it's not. It's just that it's like a, it's aimed at like it's a PG movie aimed at uh, it's a beloved you know whatever. I'm just saying that it it felt closer in uh, type than others. So my choice from the year 2001, and you may be thinking 2001, that seems kind of past the time frame. We're kind of picking the years of 1980 to 2001, 2002, when we were like 18 right before we met. Mm -hmm. So um, I was down to Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and Harry Potter. And I'm really glad you didn't pick Lord of the Rings because uh, to me, Lord of the Rings, to to me anyway, signifies like our relationship because that was like our first like... We, I mean, we just, we went to, like, see that we had been dating, what, for four months when we went and saw the Two Towers together, which was the second movie, but you were, like, so on board with it, and I was just like, yeah, that Lord of the Rings movie, it was fine, whatever, but then, like, you got me excited about it. We got, like, a PS2 game where we were, like, fighting as Legolas and everything. Uh, can we please break that yeah. game out and play again? So then it just I became, like, our I was about thing. PS2 games we could play together. There you go, there's one. And you for- didn't even mention that we one. that and The Return of the King, which was kind of a similar uh, style, where you're just hacking at orcs the whole time. It's pretty great. Yeah, that's about my skill level yeah well that's believe me that's about as good Listen, as i ever get a game we have this tv down here and two lazy boys and you've not invited me to a ps2 game down here okay what the hell it. tyler we'll play it so i picked harry potter right and the sorcerer's stone from 2001 mm-hmm. let's give you some high stats great it is rated pg which you kind of mentioned a second ago sorry for blowing it pg parental guidance <laughs> um we decided to show this movie to our kids yeah over Thanksgiving, which um, meant we watched it over like three sittings. <laughs> yeah, it took a little while to get through it. Uh, it we kept starting it a little bit late, and it's it's a long movie. It clocks in at two hours and 32 minutes. Yeah. That's a long movie for little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it 
came out on my birthday, November 16th. Nice. 2001. Feel free to write that day down for any listeners who want to send me a birthday present next year. Okay. November 16th. Great. There you go. Um, on my 18th birthday, uh, what do I remember about this? Uh, I don't remember seeing this. I don't know what I was doing when I was 18. Wasn't your best period of life? Uh, it, um, uh, let's not talk about that on this episode. <laughs> okay. Um, it was November. No, this was a, nope. Yep. This was a, this was the dark timeline for, for <laughs> the dark, me. the dark timeline. Yeah. Well, we all go through it at some point and that would happen to be your couple of months. Um, but what's funny is I don't remember when I watched it, but I definitely remember it. What do you, what did you write down before we watched it? Okay. Well, all right. What, Here's I'll, the thing. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter's so prominent and so popular that. Is it really an exercise in what you remember? Well, that's what I thought. Like, uh, I was trying to focus in because I do have an interesting... I I was okay with you picking this movie because I have uh, a perspective on it that has changed and and, and even kind of evolved a little bit when watching it um, this time. So what I wrote was, it's the first Harry Potter movie, and it's kind of a slog to get to Hogwarts. A slog? A slog. This was before I watched it again. Like, it takes forever because world building, right? But the slog here is worth what we finally get to from this series later in the series. And the casting is great, set design, music, it's all there. All the stuff that you love came from this movie, and that's mm-hmm. what I wrote down. And I think that counts for something is what I wrote. Um, so I'll talk about a little bit about uh, when I saw it. I don't have a specific memory of seeing this one in the theater. I saw it in the theater. I thought it was what I pretty much said. I was like, oh, I had not read the books at this point. Yeah, here's the thing about Tyler. Here's the thing about you, Tyler. Yeah. You don't read books. I do. That are going... You just... Not really, though. You don't read books. <laughs> I read some books, but I don't read... What uh, is the last book you read from beginning to like end? Like fiction book? Yes. Uh, it's been a while. I don't read a lot of fiction books. Yeah. Is it been about 34 years before you were born? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Were you in second grade when you finished a book? I read... Well, I just... I have an English degree, and I read a lot in college, and then I was just like, well, Even good. in college, you didn't have to read full books. You just read, like... We read full Sections of an- in anthology. I'll have you know that I was, was I'll have well- you know. Would you like a pipe while you're... <laughs> Not only do we read full books, but I was also a very good student. <laughs> what was I'm very the last worldly and literate. Fiction book you read? The last fiction book I read? I don't know. I have not read. I does the Norm Macdonald read... book count no, as a fiction book? No, it does not. Book? I tried okay. to get you to read Ready Player One. You did not. I read, read that. It. No, I read it and I did not like it. So there. You just read that one. That was I the did. last one. Yeah, that was the last fiction book I read, and I did not like it. You need to read one that you like. I liked that movie better. <laughs> you liked the movie. You bought it recently. I do. You? I like the movie better than the book. The book I find irritating. It's in a, a voice, and it, it's just a bunch of nonsense. But Which is funny, because if you haven't read Ready Player One, it is set in a time of, like, dystopian future virtual reality but it's a lot the the theme throughout the movie is like 80s shit yeah and it's very like here's some 80s stuff and more 80s stuff and a lot of 80s trivia so it's funny that as an old millennial you're just like fuck that i don't like reference for reference sake and it just to me that book read as a list of like things and it was an accomplishment to put out references of things and it just felt a little self-involved i i didn't uh gain the nostalgia love for it that I think was the intent and clearly other people have gotten from it. Yeah, I like a lot of people. Yeah, and I to me I de- it never it did not read that way. I feel like it's it is a very simplistic uh lead character uh who's far less interesting than the female character. At least I think the movie actually does a better job with the female character in that book. Uh That's true. It's just a very it's just a it's a very I I just I've I've read that story, I've seen that story to me like in terms of that character. 
Um, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't care for it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about that for? I have. You're trying to make no a point that idea. They I watch a lot of movies. Books. I don't have time to read books. <laughs> I read a lot on the internet. <laughs> Ooh, too much on the internet. Too many things on the internet. I read way too much on the internet. Yeah, put your phone away and start reading real books. Read a lot of in-depth articles and essays. That's but just shut it down. It's just on the screen. Read a real book. Pick up a Harry Potter book. I should actually. Um, because you were saying that you were seeing this, you remember seeing it in high school, you hadn't read the book. I thought you were going to, instead of being mean, I thought you were going to bring up a fair point, which is that at the time, especially, I'm not a big, like, fantasy guy. Like, fan- I like sci-fi to a certain degree, but fantasy's always been a harder uh, genre for me to kind of get into. Why? I just, it's not, I don't, I have nothing against it. I like The Lord of the Rings, obviously, now. But I really then like you, Harry Potter now. But then you married me. I know, and you like, you just, we, this is something we know, right? You like more fantasy, witch stuff, witchcraft, all that stuff I more wish than I do. people could see your face, because you're making a face right now. Witchcraft. You're like, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's just, it's fine. It's just not I feel my like you're thing. making fun of me. It's not, it's just not as much. Not, you're into more genre stuff than I am now. You watch all those super, Marvel superhero shows, too, and I haven't watched hardly any of those. Yeah. Still watching Riverdale right now. See, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Riverdale. <laughs> what what I was hoping for. So Riverdale is set next to Greendale, and Greendale is a where community. Greendale is oh, like community. Greendale Community College. Oh shit! Am, am I saying the wrong thing? I have no idea. But Greendale Community Riverdale, College is where Jeff Winger and crew Green... go. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah, Greendale. Is it Greendale? Is it it's all, where Sabrina's at. Is it all a shared universe? Is the is Green, uh, Greendale Community College amazing. there, too? amazing. I love it. Sabrina the Teenage Witch now goes to community college. Abed would love this. Oh, my God. He would love it. I don't even know why I was talking about that. Oh, because I'm watching Riverdale, uh-huh. and I'm just hoping there'll be some, like, witch stuff in it. And there's not. Just to be real clear. There's no witch stuff in Riverdale? Isn't there something? There's some, like, no. There's it's darker. Murders. It's not like uh There's like, murders. It almost reminds me more of like uh, Pretty Little Liars. It's not the Archie comics, though. It's darker. Pretty Little Liars. Okay. Yeah, it's more like, like, oh, there's a murderer, and we right. got to figure out who it is. Well, the point, I just, again, we're off topic again, but I'm just saying, like, fantasy was always harder for me. So at the time when I saw Harry Potter, I was like, whatever. Now, what I do remember, I have no specific memory of that movie, but I remember seeing on, because it came out, I'm sure, on like a Wednesday, or it was out early, right, for Thanksgiving or something, and... <laughs> we a couple of friends and I were going to the movie theater, but either we had already seen Harry Potter like early the day before, or we were seeing it, we were planning on seeing it with other people or something later. So we went and saw a little movie called Black Knight, starring Martin Lawrence. <laughs> I hate you right now. So why? What? So because we need something to see, we were for some reason we were waiting on Harry Potter. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> So, Who are you? How did I marry and you? And it's, listen, as far as Martin Lawrence movies go, one of the lower tier ones. <laughs> Tell me a higher tier Martin Lawrence movie. Uh, Actually, that... please freeze. It's a little time for Tea Time with Tyler. Already, it's early. And, yeah, I haven't been... even told the story yet. I know. Tyler, go ahead and mention as fast as you can as many high-performing Martin Lawrence high movies. High-performing or better than... Uh, and go. Blue Streak. <laughs> Big Mama's House. <laughs> Big Mama's House 2. Bad Boys. I don't like Bad Boys 2, but some people do. Uh, uh I do. <laughs> yeah, you're ridiculous. Uh, death at a Funeral. <laughs> He's in that. Um, <laughs> there's some other Martin Lawrence movies. What are the other ones? So, um... Are you going to give Martin Lawrence a shout-out on Twitter later and tell him to listen to this Harry <laughs> Potter podcast because he gets a shout-out? 
No, because I'm not talking as highly of him as I hey, was Martin Lawrence, if you listen to this podcast, you are more than welcome to join us on our podcast. Yeah. So that would be pretty Well, Polly Shore, we, after we did the In the Arm Now episode, I did go on Twitter. I, like, I'm just learning Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. What is Twitter? I don't know. I don't know. But I was on there, and I saw that Polly Shore has a, a Twitter. So I, I just said, like, hey, we like this movie. We did a podcast about it, and he... I don't know. He twittered back. He, I don't know what he did, but he was. He said it was awesome, mm-hmm. and that was cool. But I don't know what he did. He did spell awesome incorrectly, though. In the way that you would hope Polly Shore to uh, misspell something, <laughs> right? That's what you want from Polly Shore. He's leaning into it. He knows. He knows who he is. Yeah. Um, so now anyway. that we're about forty minutes in <laughs> okay. to the podcast, let's, let's continue talk, talk about, about Harry Potter. No, I want to talk about Black Knight for a second. Oh my god! So, <laughs> oh yeah, you were telling his story. Because before the movie started, we're sitting. It's just a, there's nobody in this theater. There's a couple of us. I don't know. I can't remember who I was with, but um, a mo- a mom is sitting in front of us with a couple of kids, and she turns around and is like, "Oh, it's good to see you. Like, happy Thanksgiving or whatever coming up." And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." It's like, "I'm glad that you're at this movie instead of that witchcraft movie, Harry Potter." Shut up. No, and we were like, uh, yeah. We were just like, we didn't want to make like a thing about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. We don't care about that stuff. She's like, I just, she's just like, I think it's appalling that there is, uh, uh such a movie out there trying to uh, get our children. And we're like, yeah, I know. And then, like, she turned around and then we watched, uh, Black Knight. <laughs> Fuck that lady. It was weird. <laughs> that is so weird. I mean, but that was a narrative. But back when i think it's still i think it's less of a narrative now because it's such an overwhelmingly popular thing but uh, uh monsters inc was also out around then yeah well i'm uh, I, monsters ball are you sure you weren't seeing monsters ball i hope that mother wasn't taking her to see billy bob thornton have sex with halle berry on screen shallow Hal. Ooh, i saw shallow Hal. they Ooh, that's a that shallow has a future episode. <laughs> spy game? Sure, you weren't seeing Spy Game. I saw Spy Game. I saw I'm all those. I've seen movies. Black Knight on the list. This was a period. I think really? You're lying. What's it called? I don't see it on here. Oh, Out Cold, Behind Enemy Lines. I saw all these movies in theaters. In the bedroom. Yeah. I'm not seeing. Let me see when Black Knight came out. Maybe if that was 2002. Either. Maybe it was before Chamber of Secrets. Maybe I remember because this lady was telling us like, I can't believe that you watched it. I what think year? you're. I what think. Year is it? Um. Who was that newscaster who made up the helicopter thing? <laughs> Brian Williams. I think, I'm I Brian think you Williams. just Brian Williams. No, because shit, Tyler. we were in high school, it, it, it had to have been that. It must have been that first movie. I think. No, it says IMDb two thousand one. Ah, oh, dang it! I clicked yeah, it had to. It was a bomb. I, no, that movie did not make money. I could see why it's not on any list. Like no one saw. Oh it. yeah, November twenty first, two thousand one. So, Damn, you have such an impressive memory. Yeah. So okay. So the, given that time, I, we must have already seen Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So we were even like, <laughs> she was telling us like, "Oh, I'm glad you aren't taking your kids. To see, you're going to Harry Potter." Like, yeah. No, we wouldn't see that. We probably already saw it. I remember there being like a thing mm-hmm. about parent groups and this whole witchcraft thing. Maybe when the books came out, especially because the books had been out for a, a few years before. I think the maybe four or five books were out by the time the movie got out in the theaters. I can't speak to that. Okay. And I've read, and this is, so Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is not, I've never, never read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I've read the last three books. I've read the last three books and never read those first four. Yeah, I know. How? I just, because. We have them all. Because the movies had come out and then we got to a point where like, well, when the new ones, the books started coming out, I was like, oh, I need to know what happened. So then I read those books. You're shit. (laughs) Yeah. I read The Cursed Child when that came out, the play. I read that when that came out. I'm going to put this out here. Uh Uh-huh. Um, since you've graduated college, I bet you've read less than 10 books. <laughs> no, I've read more than that. I really? I read books all the time. Okay. Not... Your assignment 
by the next podcast is to share the the books you've read from cover to cover. But I've seen thousands of movies. Oh, more than thousands. <laughs> I've seen Revenge of the Ninja like tens, 15 times. Tens I've seen of The thousands. Room like 20 times. I I I regret nothing. I regret nothing. So, if you don't remember Harry Potter, I don't know why you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Um so we're not really going to talk about the plot. Hold on. I want to so uh, I want to ask you what? not about the plot. I'm asking you what made you I, I want there's a few scenes I want to talk about. We don't have to go through the plot. Okay. I wanted to ask you about why specifically you thought about that you're thankful for the franchise um, and for the movie. Um just two words for you. Mm-hmm. Harry three words. Fucking mm-hmm. Potter. Okay. That's enough. That's all I have to say. Okay. It's a beloved movie. Um I love that we start with these like really young kids right. and we get to grow up with them. Mm-hmm. I love the world. I love um Snape, Dumbledore, yeah. Hagrid. I could just start listing all the characters. Those are all the reasons that I'm thankful for this movie. I'm thankful that um, J.K. Rowling's, I love her story of how she wrote the whole series and got started and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole napkin bit. Okay. You you know how you know that. Uh, yeah, I guess. Something like that. <laughs> um, I love Hermione. Mm-hmm. I think that this series also shaped that Hermione, because now she's like a woman's rights activist. And, Emma Watson, the actress. Yeah. 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 It's a great movie. Um, When I was telling Marion, who's seven, that we're going to watch this, she's like, oh, is it about boys? And I was like, yes, but there's a girl, and her name's Hermione, and she's their best friend. And she pretty much saves the fucking day in every one of these movies. Pretty much, yeah. True. She's super smart. She's very talented. She's probably like the most talented of all of them. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Yeah. Well, I could see how you, since you you like this kind of, like I said, you like uh, this kind of. I like work. magic. This is definitely like the the a, the a list of that genre, of, at least of our generation, right? I mean, I think it's what people, stri- other creators strive to hit, right? There's this very, and it, it's it right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to talk about this because we, I think, were we already on mic or off mic? We were talking about how like we were. Oh, basically 17, 18 years old when this came out. Yeah, I was 18 years old, 18th birthday. But for a lot of people, this is like seminal. This is Star Wars for a generation. It is. Like, it's more Star Wars than like the prequels were for Star mm-hmm. Wars for people. It was more, it, it's just that. That's what it is. It's that cultural significance. And it's that, that's the book series and it's these movies. And so it's weird to be, and I think that's going, when you, when I saw it at 17, to not be, to not have read the book, to not be a part of that, it's just like, you feel like you're on the outside looking in a little bit. It's kind of like what I'm sure some people look at when they looked at Star Wars when it came out, or, or what they look like when they go back on it. They're like, why did you guys like these movies? Well, first of all, they're perfect, but whatever. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars movies are perfect? The first three are amazing. Yeah, let's not even get into that. What are you making that face for? You're going to have a hot take on Star Wars now? Have you seen Star Wars? The original trilogy is great. All of it? You know what's funny about these movies is you remember all the great parts of the movie. There's so many shitty parts of Star Uh, Wars. I will give you... There's a couple shitty parts in Return of the Jedi, but the first two movies are great. Start (sighs) to finish. You're wrong about that. Don't even, like, settle into that hot take. (laughs) You're just wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's why there's thousands of people who refuse to want to watch that movie. What movie? Star Wars. The first one? Yes. You're not thinking about The Phantom Menace with Liam Neeson's? Oh, no. I mean, nobody wants to watch those ones. Uh, okay, I'd watch Some them, people. But... <laughs> um, 
but it, it's it Harry Potter is like that a little bit. Um, so then going back and watching it this time mm-hmm. with this idea that because I I grew into the franchise right so. This movie I didn't like as much as the other one. So then I saw the second one, and I was like, "Oh, they've they're they kind of are obviously listening to what people thought like were mistakes with the first one. It's punchier, and it's got some more. St- I don't I don't think they did anything different. I think it was just like I maybe just responded to that storyline more mm-hmm. to what, the action on the screen, right? And then um, I grew into really liking the franchise. I really like. I have a kind of a weird. I I know I like number five more than a lot of people do, which is Order of the Phoenix. A lot of people felt that was really condensed too much from the book, and I I totally get that. But I like that movie. I like I like all the movies. I like three a lot. I think a lot of people like three, and I really like. I was so against it when they when they announced it, but they split seven into two movies, and I thought what a cash grab, right? But then I really liked what they did the first number seven. I thought was really good. Like I really liked slowing down and having that story, and then getting like the big big slam bang thing in the in the last movie having two separate movies so i like that so i loved what this franchise turned into and i loved all those actors so going back on this i've always like it's never the one i want to watch right well then you watch this one and it's so good well it's everything like it's so it's chris columbus who no one ever gives credit for being like a particularly good director he made home alone and you know whatever your other favorite movie (laughs) stay tuned for home alone no um it's not like dynamically directed in that regard but you got to think about what this movie did it cast oh buddy yeah i mean i know jk rowling was heavily involved in this aspect and she only wanted british actors which i think was very smart you know i was just thinking about that yeah how it's like all british she insisted uh make america great again Mm, harry potter's just like "Mm, we're all british (laughs) jk rowling well she's british fuck you and america's like we love it oh yeah everybody loves harry potter make america british again Okay, well, I think that was not really a grown. Well, the movement got a little stronger since uh, <laughs> since uh, the movie first came I out. I mean, the, for for a non for a movie full of British people mm-hmm. to I, do so well here, and there were American. I, well, it was a big. The book was huge, but there know, were American but actors trying to get in. Like Robin Williams wanted in on this, and they're like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're giving all British people." No, nah, no, nah, we know you're gonna. But I mean, they picked. Like, first of all, we'll just go about the adult cast, which is just, like, either it's a, it's someone who's, like, Robbie Coltrane is, is uh, Hagrid. Just perfect casting. Just, you couldn't envision anybody else doing it. And then you have, uh, you know, Richard Harris as Dumbledore. And then, of course, uh, Maggie, Maggie Smith, Smith. as uh, uh, Professor McGon- Mc- is it McGonagall or McDonagall? Mick. McGonagall. McGonagall. Mm-hmm. That's why I kept autocorrecting. I wasn't spelling it right on my mm-hmm. notes. And then, of course, I mean, just to to deliver the world, Alan Rickman as Snape is, I mean, it's just, it's a masterstroke, right? I mm-hmm. mean, first of all, Alan Rickman in anything is always generally great. But to, to, for that role, for him, it just, it made everything about it made sense and it was so good. And then as the series continued, they just kept adding, like, these great actors in these parts. Gary Oldman comes in and Ray, Ray Fiennes comes in as Voldemort and it's just all these amazing actors they keep throwing in. So this this started here. Like, this is the movie that they, they set the entire world up. Uh, the visual style of it. I know, again, it's on the page, but they had to do all this. They had to start from scratch. And and then the most important thing, they had to cast the young kids, right? Oof, so, oh, yeah. And, it, and to get who they get for the three. So it's Rupert Grint, uh, Emma Watson, and then it's Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. And they're they're good in this movie. They're good playing these kid characters, and then What's amazing is that they grow 
even they're stronger. They're they're acting is stronger in every movie, they, they, which is great because the, obviously they get they have more dramatic things to deal with as the series goes on. But they're just perfect for it. They mm-hmm. felt right in this movie, and then they and then it, it fit. They didn't grow out of the part. They didn't awkwardly grow in a way that didn't fit with them. And then on top of that, all the other little ki- other kid characters that start here, like uh, the the Balfoy kid and. All that stuff and just Neville Longbottom. It and all turns Crab out Crab and Goyle and it all turns out really well. Like so, to have whatever something is obviously at work when they made this movie, they did it right enough that even with like maybe the storyline is not the most exciting of all the Harry Potter movies, it gives you everything that makes the rest of the series work. It starts there. The visual design, the John Williams score, which we heard at the beginning of the episode. It is, I mean, is. Does John Williams really like crush a score? I mean, he's he's great, right? But he's not British. Why did they let him do it? Well, because it's John Williams. But I mean, it's like people they do concerts of like Halloween of Harry Potter music. It is like as beloved as the Star Wars music, right? Oh yeah. And we were given this right in this mm-hmm. movie, and mm-hmm. so it's this little gift that's uh, great. And when you watch it, the only thing I can think about is like, no, this is the start of it. This is how could you not? It's all right here. Why would... And then Mm -hmm. it just... That's when all these things start bleeding together. It's like we never need... Even if it didn't fall out of our parameters of our show, there's no point of, like, even doing the rest of the franchise. Because it's just like, it's all Harry Potter and it's It's all good. It's all Harry Potter. It's all wonderful. (laughs) And it's... I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. And so to watch it with our kids was really special, I think, Mm -hmm. because... They, at least a couple of them, gave us the... I guess they they gave us the little hit that we wanted out of it, which was, like... um, either like really responding well to the the girl characters mm-hmm. and our son who was just like into the plot like he was just like excited yes oh <gasps> what was going on mm-hmm. like he was just like what's that guy gonna do and what's that guy do? and i was a little worried about our youngers kind of like dealing with the the scary stuff our seven-year-old was kind of freaked out by the Voldemort stuff and she was kind of scared but i kind of like that because it was mm-hmm. like that's well good that's exactly that's what you want to feel you want to feel scary but they're facing it and it, it, not in a in a visually um scarring way right it's just like she was scared by the situation of it but it was still able to watch it i don't know the unicorn getting its blood sucked is kind of visually scarring she checked out of that scene she was doing something else (laughs) the head on the back of the head is pretty fucking wacky it's messed up yeah it's not ray fines either but um they hadn't done that yet but um yeah it is there's some darker elements to it um and they responded pretty well um the three-headed dog i mean part of it is Unfortunately, it's because it's 2001. I think some of the visual CGI effects have not held up as well. Um, the Quidditch match here is not as um, uh, crisp as it is in the later in the franchise. They definitely improved that. There's the ogre. Like, the stuff that should be scary, it kind of just looks a little cartoony. And that I'm scared because these are the reasons why I'm just like, some motherfucker's going to try to remake these things any any minute now. <gasps> no. Any minute now. No, Once no, these fantastic no, beast no. movies are done, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to try oh, your effects are dated. Let's uh let's no. do it again. Mm-mm. Or let's go tinker with it or something no. like that. I'm worried. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm worried. I'm worried about it. I don't think so. J.K. Rowling's alive. She should just before that happens just like she did the play, The Cursed Child, which is Harry Potter's under the I think that's there's your there's your play. Go that direction. Mm-hmm. Don't let someone remake these. I don't think Fantastic Fantastical Beasts is clearly not working out to be the right play either, but um, mm-hmm. you know, like we gotta avoid the remake aspect. I don't. I'm just not. I wouldn't be mentally prepared for that. Um, 
but yeah, like the, the the ogre thing just looks a little cartoony. So it was good for our kids, is my point. Is that they it didn't look particularly scared. The three headed dog that's guarding the entrance to the tomb where the sorcerer's stone is, uh, it chases after them. Our five year old was like, "Oh, lock the door, dude!" He was like calling Harry Potter a dude. Yeah, that was funny. Which uh, he was just uh, getting involved in the plot, yeah, uh, considerably, and so. It was fun. I'm, I'm, you know, we have to probably tread a little lighter in terms of because the themes get a little heavier and they get a little bit more violent. So we may, maybe they don't see them the later ones for a while. But um, it went well. That was good. Um, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Is there a couple? There are moments that kind of stuck out to you this time watching it. Again, there's no point of hashing out the whole plot, but. It's awesome. <laughs> it's fun to go back as you're watching from a relationship standpoint because mm-hmm. you know that like Hermione and and Weasley are gonna hook up, right? And there's even inklings of that. Like there their, is their hatred in this or annoyance with each other. Definitely is. I mean, it was they all, they knew this already. It was coming, so they knew to to sprinkle that in. Um, I like that. Yeah. Um, I. <sighs> So the, the, it's funny how I remember because I remember seeing like it was such a slog to get to Hogwarts. It doesn't really take that long. Mm-mm. It is a little bit. We get a lot of that stuff with him at the his uncle and aunt's house. Not really though. It's all annoying though, and it's like border, it's meant to be. It's I know it is, and it it's just it's frustrating because you're like that's like child no, abuse. That's child abuse. Like you can't just put him in a closet. Like all of that is just like apparently in Britain you can. No, it's frustrating because I'm like these people are like expert witches and, and wizards and like we, clearly you can do better tending to this child. Like I kind of am on I'm on Dumbledore's case a little bit. I'm on Hagrid's case a little bit. They're just a little bit dense about the whole You're situation. You're supposed to be. Well, come on guys, like figure it out. This is not hard. This is not the safest place these assholes to be dealing with uh this especially if if one is like, apparently dormant. But they got their like own shit going on they're trying to take care of oh god what like who cares? no he's the guy who he's the boy who lived he's the one that is key to the whole thing you gotta like take care of this kid at least not let him live with these assholes find anybody else really i know and that's you know that's frustrating agreed and, and if th- you're really trying to keep him like under wraps as far as like keeping him hidden a little bit not a relative and i always was i'm still annoyed by this like he gets his letter to go to hogwarts right and he gets like a thousand letters because they won't let him open the the fucking mail or whatever. Like Jesus, he's like the the uncle is so annoyed by all this mail. He's like trying to flee the country to get away from these. But you know what? We'll stop the fucking letters from coming. Fucking opening a letter. Like just denying it from happening is like yeah, it's like climate change or something. People just like keep denying it, and it's like no, it's there. So just admit it now. <laughs> anyway. That was annoying. And then Hagrid, it just takes a little bit of time. I do like going and getting all the collecting of his supplies, though, and going to yeah. Gringotts and yeah. all that's really fun. And so that's where the movie kind of picks up for me. Mm-hmm. And, but see, again, it's all this flowing in the memory because it, it, and the, the movie has a structure issue, too, that is like, it takes forever to get to Christmas in this movie. And you're like, this movie's like, takes place over the school year? Like, Jesus. Like, we're at Christmas, is like, it feels like you're two hours in. It's like, are we, oh my god, we're gonna do two more hours of this or whatever? And then, luckily, the plot, I mean, it, after that, it, it's pretty much, we're, we're, we're moving into the climax at that point. So it's not, the timeline of the year is not, uh, played out in that way. But, um, so I always, like, uh, was always bothered by that. And then I think I remember just being really frustrated by Quidditch and under, not understanding the rules. You remember being frustrated? I'm still frustrated Hun, by you it. You made me pause the movie, explain it to you, look it up, explain it, talk about it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
It doesn't make sense. You know why? Probably because you never read the fucking book, Tyler. We looked it up, and then we were reading about the rules of Quidditch, and I don't understand why there's so much effort involved in these other points when you just go after that little golden snitch that's worth all the points. It's just like everything else is pointless. Just go after the little thing. I don't understand. Why are we spending so much time doing the other thing? It's an odd rule is all I'm saying. It's a... It, let's like straight up that's a dumb game it's a dumb game thank you yeah I can I see why later in the movie like in the later movies they're just like yeah yeah Quidditch yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're moving on they, yeah, they yeah, were good yeah. at it but like whatever it's fine um so Alan Rickman hmm. god he's so good in this movie he his appearance I think you first see him what, at the t- table when they go in and have their sorting hat scene mm-hmm. right he doesn't even say anything. He's just there. Or maybe we see him in an earlier scene a little bit. Holy shit. He's just got such presence. Um, and this movie does the the only time you can really... any You know, they, the series has done this. Like, is he good? Is he bad? To to me, it, it never works as well. Because as, I feel like this movie gives it away in that he's secretly has been trying to help him a little bit. He's while protected him. Protected him, right? He's protected him. In the Quidditch him. match, the other guy's trying to, like, right. murder him. And he's doing this counterspell the whole time. They reveal that to you. Yeah. You know from this movie on. Right. And so, you know, all the other stuff doesn't work. But he, I mean, he's so great at doing that. I, I know that we later, you know, he obviously, like, kills Dumbledore. That doesn't mean that he likes Harry no. Potter. And he doesn't. And that's what's great about the character, right? Yeah. There's so many interesting sides to it. But to see that dynamic in this movie is kind of the fun of the character. You get to see him in that raw form of, like, is he the bad guy? And as your kid, I can see how... Our kids were just like, he's the bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. that guy's the bad guy. He's doing all the bad things. They're not picking up on the... Well, and the other stuff, when you've seen it, and you obviously just kind of know about stuff, it's just like, yeah, no, the other guy's obviously suspicious. It's like the MO of the series. Like, it's mm-hmm. the guy you aren't thinking it is, but it is. Um, but, you know, he's meant to be that um, kind of delicious villain, right? And that it seems he's like... so in, good. In a world like this, before we have Voldemort in the form of Ray Fiennes, who's big in his own way you had this kind of this presence here snape with black hair and you're just like no that's our guy right Mm -hmm. and then just and and then just the history of just knowing alan rickman of you know die hard and prince of the like you just this is villain is in his wheelhouse let's just say right yeah you know the play of villain like nobody else so you have that and it's just um but everything even the little things he's doing here and kind of showing his um his compassion and he ends up being obviously an MVP of the series, but and it's there in this movie. I just I love seeing him. It's so it's sad. It's so I, it's still hard to watch him on screen and not just be pissed off that he he can't do anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like that's just it's infuriating. He's gone. I do have one question for you. Mm-hmm. What did Roger say about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? What did Roger say? say. Roger Ebert was a movie critic back in the day. Oh, not that long ago, but all right. Well, he's dead now. <sighs> well, speak, is that why I reminded you to talk about Roger Ebert? Because we're talking about dead Alan Rickman? Yes, it's so sad. <sighs> so he wrote his review on November 6th, the, like the day that he published it, the day the movie came out. Cool. So this is an old review. So he didn't know that it was going to be a huge hit. He was going just off of that first movie. Again, the books were huge, though. The books were huge. <laughs> so um, he gave it uh, just one star out of four. That's garbage. <laughs> just kidding. He, he did gave, not. He, I know he did not. You guessed that he I guessed gave three. it three. He gave it four. Okay. Um, he says a lot of positive things about it. Um, he mentions the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says regarding the book, 
to the movie transition that a lot of things could have gone wrong and none of them have. Chris Columbus's movie is an enchanting classic that does full justice to a story that was a daunting challenge. The novel by J.K. Rowling was muscular and vivid, and the danger was that the movie would make things too cute and cuddly. It doesn't. Like an Indiana Jones for younger viewers, it tells a rip-roaring tale of supernatural adventure where colorful and eccentric characters, blah, blah, blah. Scary, yes, but not too scary. Just scary enough. And he just goes on really to praise the movie throughout. Yeah. And I I, I would just say that that review is probably more emblematic of just the series in general. Um, yeah, there are highs and lows, and we all have preferences of, of who directed it best. I think certainly Chris Columbus ended up being, in terms of a visual storyteller, maybe the weakest of like the directors. But again, he's was there for the production design of kind of everything that we... In, lay it setting out. the whole thing up. Right. I mean, he was involved in all of that, so it's hard to dismiss him. I mean, so he's not Alfonso Cuaron who made number three. Well, okay, Alfonso Cuaron's one of the greatest directors of our generation. Of course he made an amazing looking but Harry be, Potter movie. To be the first one to step up and take yeah. Harry Potter the novel. Well, Steven Spielberg said no. Yeah. I mean, so like, and so he probably had his reasons for not wanting to do it, but I mean, that's daunting in and of itself. It's like, oh, well, we wanted Steven Spielberg, but we couldn't we'll get him. We'll take you, you piece of so, shit. So, like, come on over, Chris Columbus of Home Alone fame. You're just like, okay, like, great, let's hang, let's do it, you know? Like, I think that that's, uh, it's tough. And, you know, he did a, it was, you know, again, having Rowling clearly heavily involved helped. Uh, Steve Cloves is the screenwriter, and he, I believe, wrote either most or if not all of the of the adaptations having him kind of being clearly a good collaborator with Rowling helped. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it worked out, <laughs> which is amazing. I, we don't have to talk about, uh, you know, much more, but I did want to kind of point out, uh, probably my favorite, um, scenes, couple scenes in the movie. And that I think is kind of what, where the series kind of ended up being. And it's like where it's Christmas time. Probably I'm a, I'm a sucker for these Christmas time uh, moments. But Harry Potter gets the invisibility cloak as a gift from someone anonymously. He's out. They discover the mirror um, where he sees, you know, you look at it and you see what you want or something. And he sees his parents. And you get this uh, reminder, of course, that he's an orphan. He's been lost. And it's, um, it's beautiful. And then he, Dumbledore, I think, it, you know, in his uh, best moment in the movie and kind of why we all love Dumbledore has a great looks like you have the clip let's play it so then it shows us what we want whatever we want yes and no it shows us nothing more or less than the deepest and most desperate desires of our hearts now you Harry who have never known your family you see them standing beside you. But remember this, Harry. This mirror gives us neither knowledge or truth. Men have wasted away in front of it, even gone mad. That is why tomorrow it will be moved to a new home. And I must ask you not to go looking for it again. I just really like all that because it has this uh, – it turns like what is kind of a really tender, sad moment where he's looking at the mirror and then we get this extra layer of just kind of like ominous aspect because this is what comes to define 
the struggle for Harry Potter, right? Like he's always struggling with this notion of people dying and leaving him and Sirius Black being a key thing later in the series where it's just like... Also, side note, the score. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's amazing. And it turns in that in in a way when he starts talking. I love Richard Harris in this uh, role. Obviously, he died after the second movie and then Michael Gammon replaced him. And I, I like that Michael Gammon clearly was did something different with the role and clearly was under under Rowling's direction of what to do with the character. But to me, Richard Harris was the way that I liked the screen Dumbledore anyway. I liked that version. Apparently he was <laughs> I re- I was reading trivia that he, he was so old that I mean Daniel Radcliffe was like helping him with lines. <laughs> like <laughs> um because, you know, he's old. Um but he's he's good in the part. It's just he has that um Again, I don't know how it would have worked out if he was around for the whole franchise. I, I initially, I eventually came to like Michael Gambon's uh, per- portrayal, but I'll tell you why. Number three, it was a, it was a drastic a shift, shift for me. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, well, we're doing a different thing, aren't we? Yeah. Which I, I mean, he was smart to to go a different direction, but still. Um. So yeah, that scene just it stuck out to me back in the day. It's stuck out to me now, and yeah, like I could, there's things I can nitpick about this movie, but I mean. All I want to do is go watch the movie again and maybe like read the book. Yeah, I kind of want to pick it up and read it like right now. And this, like, movie... where is it? Where is our book? Oh, they're over there. They're on the they're on the over on down here, right here. Yeah, they're downstairs. Um, hmm. doesn't it feel like a this series? I know a couple of these movies came out in the summer, but this is like a this to me like especially this first couple are like Thanksgiving. Well, how many of these movies, movies were there? Those eight movies, and they always release them now. With, so guess, of course it feels like that. You have eight years. I was just saying, a couple of them came out in the summer, a but couple. most of them came out in during this time. Okay, so like six of them. That's a lot. But it of has tradition. that chilly, um, like year spanning. It all feels very, and it's like, a little bit like darker, magical. which is more like it's dark. But it's not a Halloween. It, it's clearly meant to be watched like not during October Halloween. You gotta you gotta wait till after Halloween. Get the scary stuff out of the way, and then you switch into like. Like Teen Witch, <laughs> and then uh, uh, you know, it's the dark and light together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I like that chilly weather. It, uh, it's magic. It's not spooky dark. Right. It's magic dark. Ebert said it right. I mean, it's scary, but it's not sca- not too scary. Yeah, which I I like. So yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, I mean, what else is there to say? It's like I'm it's very good. thankful for this movie. Me too. Yeah, and I'm I look forward to. I, I would have to do a little bit of looking about number two and just to make sure we're not going to traumatize them. But I think maybe two is, two and three might be okay to show them. We'll see. And then, yeah, things yeah, things don't go start going kind of poorly for Harry Potter for a little while there. So. Hey, man, we let little Marshall, who turned one this summer, his whole one-year-old picture theme was Harry Potter. You are really trying to push this narrative on him. You're just like, he's going to be our little bookworm. He's throwing books across the room right now. Well, you gotta get interested in books somewhere. He clobbered his poor sister. Yeah, she looks like she got punched in the in the face. She does. He was, was right she in was, the eye. He was throwing things over the gate, and he what? She's just walking up the stairs. She's just walking. La da da. I'm three walking up the stairs. Smash fucking big ass cardboard hard ass book right in her face, oh, right God. in her eyeball, right by her nose. It looks bad. And she just started crying. Of course she did. It was horrible. It looks painful. Yeah, I think little Marshall's no Harry Potter. He's a fucking Draco Malfoy. Oh, no. Well, you know, he doesn't... He's not all bad. Which one? Wait, is the dad Lucius Malfoy? That guy's a dick. 
but uh they all are well they're all dicks but he was a bad he was like a what are they what are the are they death eaters the guys that are with uh something like that yeah well let's watch all the harry potters right now well what's fun is that in the in that that book that or the play mm-hmm. the cursed child did you ever read that book no. you should read it it's they're the potter and the the malfoy families have they're like the new generation are friends <gasps> <gasps> it's different <gasps> It's good. I, I I would be fun to I I would be ha- excited to see that play. I but I I read it because I because I, I mean they, they treated it like it was a new Harry Potter story. Of course I'm gonna go read that. I'll read a book if I'm excited about it. See, I was excited about that book. I read that book right away. I read it in a day. Are you defensive? I can read. <laughs> I'm literate. I promise. I'm literate. Well, what's happening next? What are we doing next, Tyler? I you think, never like to say. I think. Well, it's the end of November. I think it's safe to say. That we're going to be cruising into the month of December, and we're going to be thinking about Christmas movies. You're fa- you're you are the Christmas guy in the family. I am. You are the one who puts up the tree. You put up the decorations. You get That's the lights out. That's because you refuse to do it. You will refuse to do it. You will sit and hide in a room while I am doing it. You will just. Refuse. You know why? Because it's a lot of fucking work. Yeah, it is a bunch of work. To for what end? You just got to take it all down in a month. Sometimes I like to keep it up for a while, though. <laughs> well, okay, so there's two types of people. There's the type of people that like to put their decorations up November 1st. I won't do that. And hold them out until December 26th. I'm a post-Thanksgiving kind of guy. You wait till after Thanksgiving, yep. and then you like to wait till February 1st to take them down. <laughs> I've, gotten, not, I, I've gotten to February, certainly. I think it's probably more uncommon, more common that we didn't get to. No, no. Uh, I feel like taking them down before January 1 is ludicrous because it's well, the holiday the season. It's winter. It's the holiday season. Christmas time yeah. as a whole. You get to watch Christmas movies until New Year's or whatever. But then I feel like if you take those things down on January 1 or 2, it just feels really depressing because then you've got – I think it's the coldest time of the year. We live in a cold part of the country. It, it's it, it's not pleasant. None of it's pleasant. At least we could have Christmas lights. Like we could have something. So for a little while in January, I'm like, this January sucks. We need to have something – Let's leave the trip. Let's leave the lights on in the house. I like that. I like just a little bit of extra juice to get me up and not try to, you know, try to get out of bed. <laughs> I'm gonna say blow my brains out, but I wouldn't. Yikes. I don't mean that. But uh, yeah, yikes! It's January. It's not he a just great time. Robin Williams does. He didn't blow his brains out. <laughs> Might as well have yeah. killed himself. He did. Well, what, what a good way to end the podcast. Good job. <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier Robin Williams wanted to be a part of Harry Potter. He did. So you put that in my brain then. That's my fault. Thanks for helping with putting the Christmas stuff up. Not. I helped. He did not do a thing. <gasps> <laughs> That's not true. What did you do? I held Marshall. No, you didn't. <laughs> I held him for at least 10 or 15 no, minutes. He was getting into the hangers and all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. You did nothing. You're welcome. So anyway, next episode probably be a Christmas movie from our generation of uh, Christmas movies. Like Christmas toy? Well, I mean, listen, maybe we've got years of this podcast to do. Don't worry. We'll get to everything before 2050. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Mm, My favorite Christmas movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we should talk about it on a Christmas episode. We're doing a, this is a Harry Potter episode. You're such a dick. Do a tea time with Tyler on it then. You already did your tea time with Tyler. Ha ha. You're out of tea. Can't you can't do it. So Harry Potter mm-hmm. was a fabulous movie. Okay. And uh thank you guys for listening to this episode. 
We didn't talk too much about Harry Potter. We had a lot of other things we talked about. Isn't that how this always goes? <laughs> Harry Potter's a great movie. Okay. I do think I want to read that book. Okay. And do you remember your assignment for next week? No. You have to give us a list of the last 10 books you read. Okay. It's happening. I could just make it up if you wanted to. No, I'll know the truth. Oh, you will? You won't know shit. Oh, <laughs> oh I won't know shit. I won't know shit. You're a big talker for someone that likes to start a lot of books but never finish any, so like you shouldn't be getting on my case. You got nothing to say to that, do you? I do like to start a lot of nonfiction books. I usually finish fiction books, though. Mm-hmm. What are you talking I've about? I've got plenty of gifts that I've given you over the years that never got finished. Well, okay. To, yeah, okay. Let's talk about that uh-huh. for a second. Uh-huh. Um, my mom always used to say that you should give a book three chapters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then recently my work wife was like, you know what, Ange? If you don't like a book, don't fucking finish it. You don't have to. No one says you have to. No one says you even have to read three chapters. And that was the most freeing moment of my <laughs> book reading life I've ever had. Because there's this guilt that comes with like starting a book and then like, well, even though I don't like it, I should probably finish it because I start... Fuck that noise. You know what book I'm most proud about putting down? Mm. That goddamn... You know which one. You got it for me for my birthday or something. The Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. I read one chapter of that and I was like, fuck no. Gotcha. Not going to read that. Well, you know, I understand that. And you're, you know, God, you're a grown ass woman. You can do what you're you want. Grown ass woman. Um, And I totally respect that decision. However, in my brain, when I, this is my problem with the book. I, this is why I don't read a lot of books, I think, is because I have a compelling notion to need to finish something. Be- to the point, this is why. This is why. In school, in high school, I we had to read The Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. and I was not enjoying The Great Gatsby for the first because they, they make you read it, you know, slow and go slow. Review talk it. about all the stupid right. metaphors and, and blah blah right. blah. So I mean, I was a, I, and I was to the point I was being a just a straight asshole to our teacher about like after chapter three, just like fuck this book, like it doesn't, there's nothing in this, this book that, is dumb, right? And then. Um, you know, at some point, she just, like, the thing, I guess, whatever I was complaining about, she was just, like, keep reading and shut up. <laughs> like, basically. <laughs> and she's just, like, shut up, keep reading it. I'm like, fine. You're an asshole, but fine. I was a little mouthy. Yeah, all teenagers I was a good, are. Well, I was a good student, so yeah. I was able to get away with more, um, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, she was totally right, because I just, it's my favorite book. <laughs> like, I love that book so much because of how it clicks together. So, like, I always have that in my head. I was like, yeah, I know, my favorite book of all time that I really love that I always go back to and say is that I hold dear to the point where all those movies come out. And I was like, fuck, this does can't capsulate what this move, this book is because it means something to me. Um, is that? I can't uh, – because well, what if I had stopped reading it or if I just uh, didn't put in the effort? Maybe I would not know that it was an amazing experience or amazing book. Another book that popped into my head that I, you actually are the reason I now am okay also not finishing books, mm-hmm. was there was this terrible book series, and I read the first book, and I read the second book, and I started reading the third one, I was like, fuck, I have to finish this. True Blood? No, you read fucking, all of those True nope, Blood books. Nope, not about, you know, I fucking hate it. I bought and all then, those for you. And then, you know what you said? And just go read the plot in Wikipedia. Oh, what was that? The Golden Compass ones? Oh, no, you'll get there. What was it? It involves vampires. Oh shit! No, I did not get you that. Did I? I did not get you that Twilight book. I would have not done that to you. You? Nope. Did your get me sister? That. No, your sister bought that for you for Christmas. Do not put that shit on me. I did not get you a Twilight book. I would know better. That is against. I'm. I have an English degree. For God's sake, I would never buy you. Anyway, a, a I read the first Don't one. Don't stop. 
acknowledge. I didn't say you bought me the book. Acknowledge it. I did not buy that. I, I mean, I maybe purchase. said that. Yes, you did, and I did not do that. I would not. I do mean, that. let's roll the tapes back to whatever year. Anyway, so I was worrying about not finishing it and you were like just read the plot and i was like oh fuck yes i'm not fucking finishing this book and i read it on wikipedia and i knew what happened to that dumb bitch and i was like good <laughs> it's so freeing I'm right done i saw i do it with movie i did it with the i saw that fucking first twilight movie <gasps> and it was terrible but i have a need because i i've substituted books in my life for watching as many movies as possible and i was like well i gotta fucking watch those other ones i have to right i just it's my it's what i do i see these movies and then I was like, you know what I could do instead, though? Is that I could fucking just read what they're about on Wikipedia and just be, like, in the know. I did. I applied this to walk The Walking Dead show because it was, like, Zeitgeist movie show for a long time. And I really didn't like The Walking Dead as a show. So we watched the first season, and I was like, fuck this. I'll just pay it. Like, I'll just read the recap. If something big happens, I'm like, oh, that guy died? Oh, great. Now I can talk about it with anybody, but I don't have to actually watch this depressing shit. Yeah. It's freeing. Wikipedia yeah. is great for when you don't want to put in the fucking work. And you just want to be part of a casual conversation. <laughs> Fun fact. I know we don't have much money in our bank account, but I did donate $3 to Wikipedia today. Oh, my God. You got suckered into that shit? I did. Jesus. Well, uh, well, just now that we're talking about it, how many... You know that's going straight to? How many books has Wikipedia helped me finish? You know where that money's going? Russia, probably. That's all right. Russians got to eat, too. It's not going to the people that need to eat in Russia, I'll tell you that. Shut up. Wikipedia's not run by Russians. Shut up, Tyler. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. You don't know. You're such an asshole. You don't know what's going on out there. You were just talking about how great it is, and then you, think you flipped your, on me. You think Zuckerberg's your friend, and he's you, not. <laughs> you just like to be against me. You just want to go be friends with Tom on MySpace. He's bad, too. They're all bad, Angie. They're all bad and going after you and your dad. I know Tom's a Russian. He probably is a Russian. Tom, what's his last name? Vladimir. Russian. Mm-hmm. They're coming for you. Tom Putin, actually. Can't believe he gave him. Can't believe he gave Wikipedia money. Why? It's a sucker. It's a what? sucker's move. Your three dollars. Your Wikipedia. what is wrong with Wikipedia? No, nothing. But you know, it's probably run by. Uh, oh my god! Shut <laughs> up! You're ridiculous. Go find me that Harry Potter book. Am I allowed to leave the podcast area now? Is that what should you're I read it by myself or should I read it with Mary? Why don't you tell the people how to find the previous episodes of our show? So, if you enjoyed this episode, something's fucking wrong with you. Yeah. For one. Yeah. Um, two, if you would like to continue listening, um, you might already be subscribed, and that's the best way. So, just check back for new episodes, which we try to roll out once a week. Mm -hmm. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and get an app on your cellular phone for podcasts like Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and look for us, Old Millennials Remember Movies. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You can also go to our website, oldmillennialsremember.com, and you can find our podcast on there. You can listen directly on there, and you can also subscribe from there. We're on uh, the social media, too, so follow us there. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're all there. I'm I'm on there. But, like, you know, don't spend too much of your time on all no, those things because I, you've got a life to live. I, I, really just subscribe and listen and pick the ones you want to listen I'm, to. I'm working it. I know that to grow things like this, you have to put in that time and effort. I'm trying. It's just so against my human butt spirit. So, I mean, I mean, we're old millennials. Social media is like, uh, I don't understand it. We'll do it, but we don't quite understand it. I don't it. know if Polly Shore knows me, doesn't know me. I don't know what he said to me, who saw it. I have no idea. Can we put it on my space i don't know <laughs> thanks so much for listening guys happy thanksgiving a week late <laughs> and uh we'll talk at you another movie bye